1: Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan Podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? Oh Chris, I could not have wanted to be
2: in Japan more on last Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what happened last Sunday? Uh, there was Hospital. a big fight in a skyscraper on Sunday with 100 oh, yeah. customers. Appeared to be <laughs> members of a group linked to the Yakuza. But um, they was having this big party, a big function, and, uh, yeah, 100 people had a big fight, which... You know People have joked on Twitter That I think I did that In Yakuza The video game uh, But it is just It was just a mass brawl And what made me laugh Was like Only a man uh, Was taken to hospital With a minor head injury uh, And a handful of others uh, got Went to hospital So it can't have been that You know Heavy a fight Let's say
1: <laughs> 100 It people honestly are. sounds Wow Like a scene Out of Kill Bill Volume 1 when, It's amazing When she's taking on The crazy 88 In that uh, In that restaurant <laughs> What a brawl it got those vibes It was it was done at the uh, rooftop bar, I think, of the Sunshine Tower, which is a tower in Ikebukuro, yeah, and uh, really iconic. It was one of Tokyo's first skyscrapers, and what a great place to have a mass brawl with the sprawling, mm. the sprawling views of Tokyo outside the windows. <laughs> but what? Why did they brawl, Pete? What are your theories? You're a genius. Tell us what you think went down. I think uh, they
2: were having a delicious, succulent uh, Chinese meal. What is the charge? <laughs> um, and uh, they, someone spanned the lazy Susan too hard uh, and a bit of um, hot and sour soup got splashed on uh, one of the <laughs> eaters, one of the diners' top. Uh, and he got, he got very upset. And then that's how it started. <laughs>
1: one punch led to another. Exactly. It's, it's, it is rare to hear stories like this, though. Is mm. it actually something to do with the accuser? I mean that would make some sense. I mean, I think
2: a hundred people getting involved in the brawl would suggest that it was clan based. I don't, know. Yes. I don't know, man. I mean, it 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 seemed that way.
1: You don't even get that in a video game most times. <laughs> no that would make an incredible level for the next yakuza game wouldn't it yeah. fight your way out of the the, the dinner the chinese yeah. meal <laughs> dear oh dear i've just got back from uh not a brawl in tokyo but the nakasendo trail a oh. beautiful route through central japan through uh, south Nagano. it used to be up until like 200 years ago 150 years ago there was only yeah. five ways to get from tokyo to kyoto i learned this recently it's very really cool um the Tokugawa Ieyasu, the ruler of Japan from the 1600s, instigated this rule called the sankin uh, sankin kōtai, right? Mm. And basically, all the lords of Japan had to spend every other year coming to Tokyo and living with him and being in the Tokyo area. Um, and traveling between their domain and Tokyo cost them enormous amounts of money yeah and by doing that and having them nearby and having them blow all their money on this trip it basically meant they couldn't raise funds to have a war against him right (laughs) so we'd unified Japan and so it's quite a clever move and another factor was they they made these sort of five routes and um, again it it was all about control really but this route that we went down was one of the five. And it's the, the one that goes directly through the mountains. And it was absolutely stunning. And along this route, there's lots of little towns. There's 69 postal towns mm. or like stop off points. <laughs> 69. Somebody did that. Somebody thought that up. I've rightly said. But we went to three of them. And they're absolutely beautiful. They're so well-preserved, right? Sort of picture postcard places in Japan where you have all the traditional buildings, right? All the old wooden buildings. So well-preserved. And, yeah, it was just a really nice autumn trip. Although it was spoiled somewhat by the presence of Ryotaro. His loud, maniacal (laughs) ways. Stop picking on Uh, Ryotaro. He works very hard on you. Does he? (laughs) Around you. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly But uh, Charlotte was there as well Could have been a romantic weekend If it was just Sharla Alas Ryotaro was there The awkward third wheel <laughs> But no It should be a good video We haven't done much With Ryotaro recently um, So I think it would be good But I meant I, I actually bumped into some viewers Because now mm. Japan's been open For eight mm. days Eight or nine days And um, It's very exciting I, I was walking down the uh, through one the towns and a wonderful Argentinian couple were like oh Chris wow we just watched your videos we're here it's amazing to see you let's take some photos mm. and th- these villages obviously you're supposed to trek between them right and I was in a town called uh, Magome and the next town's called Sumago mm. and you're supposed to hike or trek between them for about three or four hours which they did very impressively and I was like well I'll see you at the next town I'm going in my car and I got in a K car that I rented and it took 20 minutes <laughs> so ha 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 I felt very smug driving yeah. in my car while all these people hiked up this mountain I was like I'll see you in three hours time and so- I got there and ate my chocolate and beef. While so have I, you while seen?
2: So have you seen kind of? Um, have you seen many kind of changes in, in how many people you saw? I think you mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago that you saw a couple more people that you possibly thought were um, tourists in in the middle of Tokyo. What's been? Hmm. Has there been any kind of like? We know for a fact what's going to happen. We spoke about this at length uh, before. Like people will go to Japan. Uh, and the the Japanese are in a very different place to uh, America, very different place to the UK, very different place to Europe. Um, there will be a bit of um, a blowback and a bit, you know, there'll be some growing pains about. And 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 I think there's probably sure. something that the Japanese can probably learn from 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 the rest of the world in this situation. You know, being a little yeah. bit more understanding about how it works elsewhere. Um, but have you sort of seen any blowback, any sort of squabbles, any kind of like you know weird stuff happening? Here and there,
1: it's been pretty encouraging so far, I think. Like, I, 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 well, encouraging, I say, like, all the bloody hotels I normally stay at are full because they're now people are coming back, so that's encouraging. (laughs) I did hear that numbers aren't quite as high as uh, Japanese tourism organizations had hoped. Like, they, I think they just expected a a flood of tourists and everyone would live happily ever after, but it hasn't been the case. You know, the numbers are still pretty damn low relative to what they were yeah. um, because you do have to prove you've had vaccines or you do have to have a test before you come to Japan and those two things are enough to put off a lot of people yeah. um, but also China, which was Japan's biggest source of foreign tourists uh, is still not open, so they yeah. can't come over so that's a factor right, okay. but for the most part, it's very encouraging I have seen definitely a lot more Western uh, foreign faces around Tokyo and uh, yeah, it seems to be some recovery it seems to be mm. pretty encouraging. We just need you to come back to sweeten the deal. Sweeten the bring deal back for Donaldson. everyone. <laughs> bring back uh, Donaldson. Bring back when are you coming? Bring back Donaldson. When are you coming? As soon as I can. When are you coming? As soon as I can. Come now. <laughs> now. Now. Uh. I hope to see you soon, though. It'll be good. It's going to be really trippy. I think I was, I was talking to someone the other day, or I was doing a live stream, I forget, and mm. someone was like, you know, does it feel different? I said, it will feel different the day... Pete Donaldson is in town, because that's when I'll know that the the peasants are allowed back in, (laughs) (laughs) because that's when you know that the doors are open. Any (laughs) old person could turn up, right, Uh, when Donaldson's in town. But no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We've got a story this week from Sol, who says, Hi Pete and Christopher, I visited Japan a couple of times before the pandemic and my trip, and back in 2019 saw my friend and I passing through Takayama in Giffey Prefecture. We'd both split off for the day so he could explore some climbing routes while I engaged in less motivated activities. On a whim, I spotted a random patch of green on the horizon and started walking towards it. There was a very faint path leading up the hill and driven by some inexplicable and foolish desire to reach the top of this hill, I set off <laughs> on all fours, climbing further towards the top, and to my surprise, came across a rather large and well-kept path. Following the path around, I found a number of beautiful sights, picnic benches, shrines, and other significant points of interest. Crucially, however, there were absolutely zero other people. I spent the next couple of hours walking along this path, taking in the sights, and even stopping to eat my pat lunch. Eventually, I came across what looked like the entrance to a woodland area, except the gate was completely locked and wrapped in yellow tape. With no other route out of the park, I awkwardly climbed over the gate while a Japanese family watched aghast from the parking lot on the other side. Turning around, I saw a large yellow warning sign with a picture of a bear on the front. I began to realise my mistake. Later that day, while eating dinner back at the hostel, I told a worker about my unlikely adventure, and he angrily informed me that the park had been closed to the public due to numerous bear sightings in recent weeks. Oops. Owing to the hostel workers' anger, idea of some mild residual guilt from this incident. But I do maintain that my initial entrance into the park was wholly unobstructed, aside from being atop a rather grueling hill. What do you think? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. All the best. Sol. And, you know, Takayama is a beautiful town. I went there with Joey on Jenny Across Japan too. It's surrounded by mountains, and there's lots of bears. And mm. actually, while I was on the trip with Ryotaro, which wasn't too far, the Nakasendo Trail, is not not too far from, uh, from Takayama, we actually ate a bear. ate bear again. It was was unbearable. It was good actually, tasty bear. So just eat the bear soul. Well,
2: we've obviously we've obviously been. um, I think uh, last week there was um, or earlier this week there was that video that was uh, coming out of that uh, that climb. uh, It was down in Kyushu. It was was where Kyushu kind of opens up, isn't it? That that part of the world. Um, Yeah. It was halfway up a a little a wee hill climb the cliff and uh a bear just sort of said hello um but he managed to fight him off by bonking it on the head with his foot and his fist um yeah it's it's really uh it was a, it was a very very frightening uh situation
1: uh, but but like we I mean, spoke was about lucky. before we,
2: about the show we, he didn't have any um, bear spray with him
1: he was lucky it was a black bear if that was a brown bear he was kicking in the face the bear yeah. would have like ripped it off <laughs> 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 yeah you, you can like the, the black bears as we've mentioned before you can punch them in the face if right. you if they attack you don't go out and punch a bear no um, but <laughs> like not you face. know just get the bear spray get the bear spray um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's the you know it's a bit odd that the person got angry at Sol for for going this way maybe mm-hmm. it was more the concept of just breaking past a but like yes yeah, don't need to feel guilt there Sol your sins are absolved the only time <laughs> you need to feel guilt is if you like Go into a shrine and knock all the crap over and smash everything up and don't do that. <laughs> that's bad. And I know someone that did knock over an ornament filled with ashes once, so don't yeah. don't do that. No. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> now we got a story this week. That's better than bears. What's going on with <laughs> with uh Japan and its new laws Japan. that are finally coming up into the 21st century, Pete.
2: Yeah, well, I, I would uh, speculate that uh, the rights of bears are probably respected uh, in, in a more stringent way than, than than the rights of women in Japan. <laughs> once in Japan, again, yeah. once again, there's not a single week that goes by where we don't hear about. Um, you know, gay rights, trans rights. Uh, this this week, uh, the women are having a, having a pop. Uh, Japan are thinking, they're thinking, uh, Chris, <laughs> about finally abolishing that law that bans women only, uh, women only, from remarrying soon after divorce. If uh, you, you uh, were married uh, in Japan and you uh, decided to get a divorce, your divorce is ratified... No fault, some fault, however it works. The divorce is ratified. You can go out the very next day, get your top man suit on, put a bit of after you have on, and get married that same day, <laughs> like the second day, like, you know, the day after. Uh, women, though... They have to wait. There's a cooling-off period, like buying a uh, an airline ticket or a or a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Women are prohibited under Japanese law from remarrying within 100 days of a divorce. Um, Only you can it's, compare
1: it's, divorce
2: to buying a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, but uh, yeah it's 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 incredible so apparently there's uh, a mandatory waiting period for women to remarry uh, in the first place because oh of um, they're trying to uh, eliminate or they tried to eliminate possible paternity uh, questions the thinking is that if a woman if a woman if a woman uh, quickly remarries and then has a child it might cause confusion as to who the biological father is i mean it's it's assumes that the divorced couple are having sex right until the last day of their divorce, which is <laughs> not usually how it works, to be quite frank. Uh, and it also fails to account for the possibility that uh, a woman might get remarried and not have a child soon after. Uh, it's just... It's just atrocious, really, uh, and not really a, a law fit uh, for, for for the modern the modern world we live in. But uh, again, just 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 a lot of fun to hear these little laws uh, that I had no idea existed, uh, just just getting repealed or people thinking about getting them repealed. But the, the thing that makes me laugh when when these are discussed in in the um, in the in, 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 in the House of Parliament in, in Japan, there's always some daft ass who insists on uh, kind of arguing the toss and saying no I think it actually should stay the way it is actually for this reason mm. and like, oh good on you mate good on you if you can find a, a reason uh, that, that you know takes into account stuff like dna tests you fucking go for it you absolute maniac
1: <laughs> there's always some twat who still thinks it's 1926 isn't there correct i mean correct. i mean at the grand scheme of things the reason this law probably wasn't changed is it affects almost no one every year yeah uh, first of all divorce is quite uh divorce rates are very low in japan relative to the west um even though you know a lot of couples do have great struggles here they just stay married and it's quite a taboo to get divorced. right i mean that's yeah. asian culture in general if what i understand but certainly right. in japan it's just seen as something you don't really do Apart from under extenuating circumstances, so yeah. I think it probably affects very small, a very small amount of the population, and that's why they haven't changed it. Regardless, though, it is ridiculous, and it's the the, the last time this law was changed. Uh, the, the the first, this is the first time it's happened since 1898 that uh, uh, the civil law code is going to be changed potentially. So. Yeah. Well, to me, it says here, the revision would be the very first change to the presumed legitimacy law since uh, Japan first created a civil law code in 1898, following the end of the feudal shogunate government. Right. Uh, and again, because Japan is ruled almost exclusively by men, look at any photo of the politicians that rule Japan, and it's like, where's Wally trying to spot... Uh, female in the staff because they're mm. so few and far between unfortunately uh, where's Waldo for American listeners I still find the name Waldo very very unsettling have you ever met anyone called Waldo in your travels around America I, don't I haven't a actually, big of a segue no, here. no
2: I never, missed a, never met a, a Waldo I don't think I've ever met a Wally um, I'm sure Wally no. in my life would probably present itself Walter do I know Walter I don't think I know, even know Walter. Walter yeah
1: weird Walter Waldo Wally all <laughs> All gone all terrible no, no Walter's a good name Walter's, we're going off on a tangent here a, a massive tangent you'd have to mm. be a wally to want to keep this fucking law in place though mm. uh, honestly uh, but there you go Japan social mobility mm. divorce f- gender equality, things that are still very far behind, unfortunately. Um, and even though Shinzo Abe, who, you know, what during his tenure he wanted to try and boost gender equality, he kind of failed on a spectacular level. So, yeah. still a lot of work needed there, still a lot of work needed. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with your stories, comments and questions in The Facts Machine. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners? Mr. Donaldson.
2: Oh, we got a message from Chris G. Hey, Chris G. Hello, uh, Cairo Machi? Karamachi, uh, Chris, and Pertinent Pete. I'm from Indiana, (laughs) the United States, and I love the podcast. I've been trying to teach myself Japanese, and I recently had a dream in Japanese. It was very strange, uh, and I was wondering if either of you have ever dreamt in Japanese before, and if so, what was it like? Much appreciation, Chris G. I remember, like, somebody (laughs) speaking Japanese in a pool once in my dream, and I understood, you know, they were just saying... The normal things you would say at a restaurant in Japanese, <laughs> helpfully, um, and I say, "Oh, I understand that." So, and I was wow. really impressing myself in the dream. Let me tell you,
1: <laughs> what an amazing dream! What an amazing dream! I, uh, my image of you having a dream in Japanese is just you at a bar in Fukuoka going, chugaimasu correct? Namabiru, chugaimasu Yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I do dream in Japanese occasionally. It's not very sophisticated Japanese, but. Mm. Yeah, honestly, when, you, when you've lived in a country And learned the language to some degree I think it's inevitable uh, if, if I have a dream and like Natsuki in it uh, yeah. Then obviously there's going to be some Japanese in it But they're very <laughs> boring And it's usually like, do you like cats? Yes, Neko mm. Ski this Neko Ski <laughs> It's very simplistic dreams It's not It's not anything good, unfortunately <laughs> um. <laughs> I, Although meeting Ken Watanabe That felt like a dream And mm. I use a little bit of Japanese there we got yeah. one here from Derek He says, hey Chris and Pete now that Japan is open back up, what do you think of the influx of inevitable vloggers and filmmakers trying to become the next Chris Broad? Is this something you welcome? Thank you for inspiring all the locations I'll be visiting next year. All the best, Derek, from Canada. I, uh... It's a good question, actually. I I don't think they should be allowed in. I think <laughs> I want a monopoly. I want to keep my monopoly, or oligopoly, because there's mm. a few vloggers doing it. Yeah. Um... I don't know I uh, my philosophy is if someone could do it better let them come and do it and do their best try your best try to defeat me like a boss level that's rubbish I am um, I, I yeah it'd be interesting I actually wanted to collab with certain uh, YouTube creators coming to Japan that couldn't come in I'm not going to name names, but mm. uh, there's there's been a few that wanted to come here and hang out and they haven't been able to come here. So with the country now open, the floodgates are open, uh, lots of vloggers can come and uh, we can hang out. So yeah, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I don't mm. think it's going to be a threat to, uh, to abroad in Japan. Uh, that's the famous last words there. <laughs> They're going to come in and my channel's going to get destroyed. What do you think, <laughs> Pete? Do I need to worry? Should I hire some hitmen to uh, sort out these vloggers? No more than usual. Um, you should uh, you should
0: basically
2: make a video about uh, like a shed on some waste ground, uh, and sort of go. Oh my god, guys! I've just been to this amazing shed on some waste ground. Oh my god! And uh, the things in here are absolutely crazy. And then everyone flocks to this piece of waste ground, and it's your shed, and you're just in there with a cattle prod
1: and a shotgun,
2: <laughs> just absolutely blast every each and every one of them in the face. Goodbye, oh competition, my god. baby.
1: You've been playing Too many violent games On your PlayStation again Pete Correct Honestly Correct <laughs> It's quite a good idea though uh, yep. we got one here For you Pete Over to you Okay then uh, Hello to uh,
2: Unamandla From the Rainbow Nation Oh um, Hello Peony Pete And Chrysanthem Chris My name is uh, Unamandla uh, pronounced Una Mandla. Oh, just Uno for short, and I'm from South Africa. Uh, as of writing this, I just submitted my application to the jet programme. We all know Chris put Kobe on his application, um, but after all these years, I want to know what three prefectures or cities a starry-eyed Chris would have put on his jet application in 2012 if you knew then what you know now. Kind regards, Una Mandla from the Rainbow Nation. Chris, oh, what would you have question. put on your jet application if you knew what... You... <laughs>
1: Very good. Very what good. Would you say? Uh, I Google. would put somewhere like Osaka, maybe. Okay. Yeah, because I like that part of Japan, and I never get to go there because there's a big divide in Japan between east and west. Right? If you live okay. east of Nagoya, you never get to go past that. West of Nagoya, I never go towards Tokyo either. Um, hmm. um, oh, I don't know. Osaka, that's number one. Maybe Fukuoka. Everyone loves Fukuoka. Yeah. And uh, look, I, even though it's a very weird choice, I feel very lucky to have been placed in Yamagata Prefecture. Um, it's, it's, it is a really nice place, and I had the most amazing experience there. Mm. And an experience that most people don't get. So maybe not Osaka, maybe places like Fukuoka, maybe places like Ehime with uh, yeah. the city of Matsuyama, or Kagoshima or Yamagata. Places that, unfortunately, other jobs don't exist, right? There's only certain jobs you can find outside of cities in Japan, usually teaching jobs like Jet, right? Yeah. And that means you can experience places like Yamagata. There's no jobs in Yamagata uh, for foreigners outside of teaching, unfortunately. Uh, Very few and far between. So hopefully you get placed somewhere like that. Kagoshima, Yamagata, and uh, Ehime. Those are my three Uda Mandler. Uh, best of luck to you, though. Uh, good mm. luck with the application. I remember writing mine f- 11 years ago. I must have been now. I still mm. vividly remember it. Um, best of luck to you. I do mm. know uh, a few South Africans who were successfully able to get on. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to you. Good luck. I think uh, um, we got... I just yeah, always go. sort of think with, like, living in
2: uh, where you lived for your uh, for your, um, uh, uh, placing, obviously, in the jet programme. I just always yeah, sort, yeah. sort of think that, that I would have found that very difficult because it's so quiet. But I think being placed there would probably make you a bit more willing to get out there and meet people rather than if you're placed in like Tokyo or Osaka like it's just so much so much noise that you would probably find yeah. that you wouldn't be you, you probably wouldn't st- would you have started a YouTube channel if you were in somewhere a bit busier uh where you had a little less time a little more kind of a little less little fewer resources to uh to to, uh, to make your channel
1: yeah no I would I, I would have the channel was going to happen no, right. matter, no matter what and it might have been more successful if I was somewhere like Tokyo. There's a reason all the YouTubers live in Tokyo yeah. or Osaka. <laughs> I think you would have been all right living in Yamagata, where I live for like a year or two. Mm. I think you would have left after two years, though. <laughs> uh, See ya. I know, I know that look on your face. You wouldn't have done it. No. And, but I'm like a country person. I love the countryside. I don't like cities that much. And I was really in my element there. But it was just, unfortunately if you want to build a youtube empire you've mm. got to run to the city yeah. and even though i was able to ex- escape the magnetic pull of tokyo uh you know i still have to spend a great deal of time in tokyo because that's where things happen in the same way people have to spend a lot of time in places like london or new york or whatever but mm. yeah i feel very lucky the way things worked out but uh yeah try and avoid the big cities uh and I'm lucky that I didn't end up in Corbett, in hindsight. As lovely mm-hmm. as it is, I was certainly, in hindsight, I wouldn't want to live there now because it is a big, sprawling city and uh, it's hard to come up for air in a place like that. It's so damn intense. Yeah. Best of luck to you, though, Unamanda. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys. Do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be listening from, out there in the big, wide world, have yourself a great few days. And we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now.
2: Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.